Welcome to the Ferrum Athletic Company podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Warner. I am also the co-owner and co-founder of Ferrum Athletic Company. You're listening to our podcast through the Anchor app, which is broadcast through Spotify. We've chosen this app for ease of use and convenience of listening. If you enjoy it, share it with your family and friends, leave us a review, and let us know what you think. And now, on to today's show. Welcome to episode number three of the Ferrum Athletic Company podcast. On this week's episode, I want to talk about your why. Not like, why do you wash your clothes and like, like not like common sense wise, like the why that gets you out of bed every day, like the why that is your motivator for making the decisions that you make. And, you know, along our journey through this life, we can get lost with what our why really is. Like sometimes that why is really, really in focus and really driven. And then sometimes it's almost like we don't have one at all. And our reason for getting out of bed every day just doesn't exist. And we go through ups and downs of that. And what we have found with being in the fitness world is you know that sometimes that why seems to get really strong throughout different parts of the year, like January 1st, for example, when everybody has resolutions, which by the way, I believe it's week number two, the average resolution lasts two weeks. So that's a whole different conversation. But also things like summer, um, beach season, swimsuit season, or holiday season seems to be a time when people lose their motivation. So it can be cyclical throughout the year as to how strong that why really is. It can also be stress-related. It can be home life-related. It can be work-related. There's many factors that can affect our why. And unless you have really sat down and thought about it, a lot of times... You think you know what your why is, but in reality, your why is influenced by either other people. It can be influenced by social media, which social media is really good at that. Your why needs to be very personalized to you. And I would like to start off by talking about the different variations of the why's that I've had throughout my life. When I was young, I played every sport that I could, they would let me in, starting in fourth grade. I played volleyball, basketball, I ran track. Um, I was on the speech team. Yes, I competed at speech. I played softball. In high school, I picked up golf. I played golf basketball and ran track for a couple of years in high school. As I got older, well, when I was young, my why for playing sports was an outlet. It was an outlet from some of the stress that I felt in school. Um, Social stress, going through the hard times of being a teenager, my outlet was to go 
to practice and to play sports. Um, when I got into high school, my why became a little bit more defined. My parents sent me to, I don't want to say sent me, I got the privilege of going to private Catholic school for grade school and high school. And I say that because where I'm from, Catholic school had a really good educational system and I felt that my parents worked really hard to be able to send my brother and I to those schools. That's what they wanted, so therefore they worked really hard to send us there. My why at that time was to be able to go to college and not have my parents pay for a dollar of my college tuition because they paid a very high tuition for grade school and high school. And I didn't want them to have to pay for me to go to college. So my only option for that was to get a scholarship. And the only way that I could do that, because I really didn't like school, um, I felt like I had to work really hard at it. I'm not the best reader. I'm actually a really slow reader. So I wasn't, I probably wasn't going to go based off of my grades. So I needed a sport to pay for me to go to college. I thought when I entered high school that that sport might be volleyball or basketball, and that sport actually ended up being golf. I went to the University of Evansville and played Division I golf all four years with a full tuition paid scholarship. Basically, my parents just had to pay for books for me to go to school. And that was my why. And then as I went through college, I wanted to continue my why of sports and I wanted to be a professional athlete. So my why became, I want to be as good as I can be to be able to play at the next level. I wanted to be able to travel and play professionally in a sport, which happened to be golf which I got the honor of being able to do. I was blessed with having an incredible sponsor. I moved to Florida. I packed up and left everyone and everything that I knew and moved 14 hours away from everything to follow this dream of being a professional golfer and figure things out on my own, which you want to talk about a giant kick in the face, leave everything you've ever known. And be like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. This is great. And then the day that your family leaves after helping you move and you realize that you're totally on your own two feet. You want to talk about scary and like a reality smack in the face? That was it. But I wasn't going to give up. It was the decision that I had made. And I was going to see it through for as long as possible. I played for six years. Um, retired quote unquote, in 2010 at the age of 29. And my reason for retiring was because I went from playing a sport that I loved to feeling like I was going to work. And I say that because I, I still love golf but I was tired of living in a car. 
I was tired of driving to a new city every seven days for six months, which was awesome when I was able to do it. I met amazing friends that I've had for years from all over the world. I got to see parts of the country that I probably never would have been able to see if it wasn't for this. The experience in and of itself between college and being professional was something that I can't put a price tag on. It was an unbelievable experience. But it came to the point to where in certain people's terms, it wasn't successful, meaning I wasn't making millions of dollars. So it was time to, to switch to something else. And I had found that I really enjoyed personal training people. And I started to really enjoy helping people in that way. So when I retired, I went into being a personal trainer. And I really liked the idea of being able to help people in that way. This starts a whole nother series of whys for me. I went from something that was very self-centered, not selfish, but self-oriented in that golf is a very individual sport. Yeah, I have a ton of friends. I mean, I traveled the country with 144 other women every week that I was friends with the majority of. But then when you step on the first tee, they're your competitors. And then as soon as you step off the 18th green, you're back to being friends again. And you're going out and drinking beer and socializing and doing all the fun things and traveling together again. It was, there was a special bond in that. So I went from that kind of lifestyle into a lifestyle that was focused on helping other people to solve deeper problems. And it started out as helping people lose weight. I remember my first client ever needed to lose weight in order to go into the military. Um, and then in January of 2010, the gym that I was at approached me and asked me to be a CrossFit coach. I had been personal training for, I don't know, a couple years at that point. And I thought to myself, okay, why not? I see, I see everybody do this. I'm willing to learn something new. So I shadowed for six months. I started doing the workouts. Um, and part of what got me addicted to CrossFit was the same thing that got me addicted to golf. I wasn't immediately good at it and it made me mad. And looking back, that is a reason to start a sport. It wasn't the reason to start a healthy lifestyle. And you know, that takes a lot to admit because when you start something that's supposed to be changing your life for the positive and adding a new why to your life, it should be something that has positive reinforcement. 
You know, it should be a journey that's like, I'm making these changes to make me healthier. And my reason for starting was because the first workout I ever did smashed me so badly that I was mad at myself for not being in better shape. And thus the addiction started. I have to be better. I have to be better. I have to do this better. And what I found was that soon I was joined and surrounded by people that all felt very similarly. They were all previous athletes, um, fairly in shape when they started or maybe out of shape, but were prior collegiate or high school athletes at some point coming back into this and feeling the same way, like they were mad that they weren't in better shape and they could be better. Over the course of time and being involved with this and coaching it and the people that came in to help, like I still kept my personal training clients and added some amazing people that I still work with to this day. During that time, Sherry, my business partner, actually started at the gym I was at as one of my clients. And she was just as addicted to the I need to be better mentality as I was. Maybe even more so because she was a triathlete. <laughs> a sprinter and a triathlete walk into a gym together and then they argue over working out and how to get it done. <laughs> Fast forward a couple years and we open a gym because we wanted to be able to help people. But the way that that looked for us and our why of why we wanted to help people was maybe a little bit fuzzy. You know, we saw a very, what we felt was a very clear picture of how to help people move better and how to help people feel better. And what I believe that we were really, really good at when we opened was telling people that they could do this. We literally for 10 years had people walk in our doors that were like, hey, I wanna do this, um, but I'm scared. Hey, so-and-so talked me into doing this, um, but it's really intimidating and I don't wanna get hurt. Literally almost every consultation we had was people scared that they were gonna get hurt. And we would have that conversation. We would dive deep into it and be like, no, anybody can do this. This is for everybody. And we had a target market of everybody. And me, of all people, should know better than that because I have a marketing degree. And I studied that in college. There, there should be a target market. 
having a target market of everybody doesn't work out so well. And after a while, we were like, yeah, anybody can do this, but it's not for everybody. So then we thought about that. And what it really boils down to is getting to know someone's why. And we failed to do that. Why were people scared? Why were people intimidated? Why did they want to make this change? And why did they want to come to our gym to do it, even though they were scared and intimidated? Focusing on a why could have helped all of us in the long run. Did we help people? Yeah, absolutely we did. Could we help a lot more people? Yeah, absolutely we can. Because after mm, however many years in business, we've realized that there are certain people that we really, really want to help, that really, really need our help, that we are really gifted in being able to help. And I'll tell you exactly who we aren't really good at helping. And that's the people that want to be competitive fitness people. People that want to be professional bodybuilders and do a show. I know that there are excellent people in town that would be able to help someone with that why. Someone who wants to go to the CrossFit Games and compete. I know there are people in town that could help with that. And don't get me wrong, in the past, we, we tried ourselves to compete at that level. And clearly we were missing something because we all fell short. And at the end of the day, we beat the crap out of ourselves and left us thinking we need to be able to do this better. So when we talk about whys and the evolution of your why, it all goes back to what we're surrounded with in our daily life, family, friends, jobs, significant others. Some people have a why of being healthy for their kids, being healthy for their spouse, being healthy for their family, which is absolutely fantastic because if you're not healthy and you're unable to take care of yourself, how are you going to help take care of somebody else? It's a good point, right? How can you be the best version of a mother, father, brother, sister, son, daughter if you aren't able to take care of yourself? Some people have a why of being more independent, meaning being able to stand up, sit down, walk, do things on their own without needing the assistance of other people, walkers, crutches, canes.
some people have a why of wanting to be more active outside of the gym and do things, do more outside trips with their significant other. Hiking, swimming, deep sea diving, boating. Maybe they play a sport together like pickleball or tennis or golf. Those are all whys that add to our quality of life. When your why starts taking away from your quality of life, meaning it starts adding more stress to your life. And this is what I found. I had a why I became so consumed with wanting to be better. You know, I have to move better. I have to be better. I have to move faster. I need to be able to do 35 unbroken kipping pull-ups. I need to be able to do 30-something unbroken kipping handstand push-ups. I need to be able to handstand walk 10 or more feet unbroken. I need to be able to squat snatch my body weight. I need to be able to clean and jerk over my body weight. I need to be able to back squat. You know, I had all of these things that I needed to do that were to make me better inside the gym. I need to be faster on bar facing burpees. So I need to be better at where my feet land. I need to be better at my footwork on bar facing burpees and burpee box jumps. It consumed me. I need to be better at those things so that I could be better. And the better I was at those things, the healthier I would be, right? The better my blood pressure, the better my cholesterol, the more you'd be able to see all my abs. <laughs> That's funny. When it came down to it, I was doing all of those things and I was working so hard at trying to be better at all those things that it was taking away from my life outside the gym. I was too freaking tired to do anything else. I would come home on Saturdays and literally sleep. From the time I walked in the door until it was time to get up and eat dinner, and then I'd go back to bed. Literally my entire Saturday was spent sleeping. My knees hurt to the point that I couldn't stand up out of a chair without leaning on the table. My left shoulder hurt on a regular basis to the point that I couldn't lift the window shade in an airplane without wincing in pain. And that's how vivid that memory is because I can tell you exactly what that pain felt like and where it was and what I was doing. Forget trying to do any of those other things. On top of that, you know, I got things at my house that need to be done. I have a house to clean. I have a car to wash. I have a yard to mow. I was too exhausted or hurt too bad to be able to get that stuff done. Like I literally had to rest for two days to be able to mow my own grass. Talk about a reality check of your why. Why am I doing this? Why do I need to deadlift 315 pounds or more? 
I'm not going to be a competitive power lifter. If I was, then I need to be able to deadlift that or more. Why do I need to snatch and clean and jerk heavy? I'm not going to be a competitive Olympic lifter. And let me say this. Those sports are amazing. And if that is your why and that's what you're going to do, game on. I mean, I was a competitive athlete. I played competitive golf, for God's sake. I would spend eight hours a day at the golf course. And that was my why. I wanted to be a professional golfer, and I wanted to be the best of the best. If my why was to be a competitive Olympic lifter, I would put all my eggs in that basket. Same thing with powerlifting or bodybuilding. Like, if I want to be competitive in that, that fuels my why, and that's what I'm going to do. Where my why became blurred was I blurred the lines of being competitive at fitness and blurred that with the lines of it being healthy for my life. Those are two totally opposite things. Once I realized that, I realized that I'm really content with doing things at around body weight, back squat, around body weight, deadlift. I go a little bit heavier than my body weight on deadlift, but I, I mean, I haven't picked up 300 pounds in probably two years. I haven't back squatted over 200 pounds in a long time. And my knees feel great. I can mow my grass. I can wash my car. I can clean my house. I can come home on a Saturday afternoon and actually function. I can work all day long without wincing in pain whenever I have to demonstrate a squat. I can lift my arm up over my head or pick things up without feeling like my shoulder's going to explode. So my why personally changed. And as we've gone through the evolution of our business, our why changed there too. Because we started to realize how we wanted to help people. And don't be confused. I'm not saying that because our personal why changed, we felt that everything in the business needed to change too. They're, they're totally separate. But when we started to realize what we were doing and the why that we had started with had become skewed and had become blurred, we realized that that needed to that needed to change to be something more professional it needed to change to be something that helped people on a deeper level we want to help the people who want to be healthy for their kids who want to do the things outside of the gym 
that add years to their life, that add quality experiences to their life with their family, with their friends. Watching competitive fitness is fun. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's fun to watch. Having someone walk into our gym and say, hey, I want to be competitive and try to make it to the CrossFit, da- CrossFit Games. I have some amazing coaches in town that can help you with that. We want to help you be a better mom, a better dad, a better brother, a better sister, a better teammate. That's where building better humans comes from. And I say that because it's not just, it's not just fitness. You know, I talked about our core values. I've talked about our four pillars in previous podcasts. Those are the things that we preach in our culture of respect, honesty, integrity, professionalism, dedication, authenticity, you know, how to treat other human beings. And one of the things that has come along with this change that Sherry and I have heard a lot is that we have ruined the community. And I say that because that depends on your perspective and it depends on your why. We have people that have been with us for nine years that have seen the evolution, they've gone through the change, and they love it. Because they understand. They see it. They've taken the time to get to know us. They've taken the time to listen to us. And they understand what's happening. It depends on what you value within the community. If that community to you was coming to the gym and hanging out and socializing and gossiping, then yeah, we probably ruined the community. If you value health, if you value your body, if you value your joints, if you value long-term health, if you value longevity, if you value being able to do things outside of the gym, if you value working out in a group setting with people who value those same things, then our community is stronger than ever. And you know, when we first opened, it was just the two of us. And we coached every single class from 6 a.m. until I think our last class at that time was 7 p.m. at night. I don't know, it was like 10 or 11 classes a day, just the two of us. And we are really damn lucky that we didn't end up in the hospital with exhaustion, dehydration, something. 
because it's not healthy. As we've evolved and we have added fitness professionals to our team, Sherry and I have been able to step out of coaching that group class. The goal is that as the visionaries of the business, we're able to work on this business and work on the why. For those of you that are business owners, you understand this. You understand that your business is a person. It's pretty much a person. It lives, breathes, eats, spends money, makes money. It, it's its own living, breathing piece. And it needs constant attention. It's almost like a child. Someone told me one day that um, they made a ton of sense that you have to view your business in the same way that you would view an aging child. So, for example, if, you have, if your business is two, you have a terrible two-year-old. You know, when your vision or when your business enters its teenage years, it's the same way that a teenager is going to act. Like, it goes through the same progressions. And, you know, that really hit me as something that's very true. We've gone through an evolution, like an aha moment, of deepening our why and deepening our passion. And the hardest part about changing your why is that not everybody sees it and not everybody's going to understand it yet. You are going to be unrelatable. And this goes for professionalism. It goes for individualism. When you change your why, your family is going to look at you and be like, what are you doing? You've never done that before. The same thing happens in a business. It's happened to us. We see a bigger picture that, no, that nobody else saw. And a lot of people didn't understand and, they, and some still don't understand. And maybe they won't ever understand. A lot of people will f might wake up and be like, oh, <laughs> I get it. Now I know what they were talking about. It could happen. We were prepared to be unrelatable. Just like when I wanted to pack up and move 14 hours away from everything I knew. Very unrelatable. Nobody understood. But it was something I had to do for me. So when people look at you and they say they don't understand. They can't relate. They just don't see it yet. And the people that get you, that love you, that are willing to sit and listen and communicate with you, they will listen. They will put themselves in your shoes and they will understand. And to those people, they, you will relate. 
but it is totally normal and it's totally okay to go through a period where you are unrelatable. And your why seems so far out of reach and so ridiculous that at first people might laugh and they're going to gossip and they're going to talk about you because they don't understand. And that's okay. If you made this choice and you made this decision and you changed your why with a 100% pure heart, the universe will reward that. The universe will see. And in time, everyone will see. So when you sit down and you think about your why, why do I need to do X, Y, and Z? What is my end goal? What does this need to look like for me? What do I want to be able to do 10 years from now? And if your why is something crazy, like you still want to be back squatting 300 pounds when you're 70 years old, fantastic. Get it. Run that thing up. That why is going to have a whole lot of sacrifices. They could be physical. They could be mental. They could be social. But if that's your why, and that's what you want to try and do, and that's what gets you out of bed in the morning, then by God, run with it. Not everybody's going to relate to that. Understand that there are sacrifices that come along with it, because that's a big why. Back squatting 300 pounds when you're seven years, seven years old, that's a big one. Especially if you aren't back squatting 300 pounds at 40 years old. The next thing you need to take into consideration when thinking about your why is your longevity. And here's something that might blow your mind. Because it blew mine. The average life expectancy in the United States is 77 years old. Which means that midlife is 38 and a half. not 50. Everybody thinks midlife is 50. At 50 years old, you're halfway there and it's all downhill from there. Well, considering that sarcopenia starts at age, I believe it's age 30, maybe it's 35, somewhere around in there. In your early 30s is the start of sarcopenia. Sarcopenia is age-related muscle loss. Every year, starting at that age, you lose a percentage of your muscle mass which means that you need to be very much focused on retaining muscle mass as you age. The process by which you go about doing that doesn't mean that you need to be just max out lifting every single day until you possibly die at the age of 87. You, you surpass the life expectancy of 77, you make it to 87, 
and you've been like one rep max lifting. And that's not what I'm talking about. Like putting on muscle mass involves different rep ranges. It involves different tempo. It involves isolate. It involves different things. It's not just lifting three rep maxes, one rep maxes all the single, all the time, every single day. Putting on muscle mass should be a top priority, especially if you're age 30 or or older. So if you're why, if you're sitting down and looking at your whys and adding lean muscle mass isn't on there, I'd like to suggest that you add it to that. Everybody's so focused on working out more so that they can lean out and they can be skinny like they were when they were 18 or 20. Listen, your body is not the same. If you're 40, 50, whatever age you are, if you're older than 20, if you're older than 25, your body is not the same. And that's totally okay. But your why needs to evolve. You can't have the same why at age 42 that you had when you were 22. That why needs to change because your, your body's different. Your body's changed. Your lifestyle has changed. If you've had kids, everything has changed. If you are a woman, it's going to be really hard for your body to go back to the way it was pre-birth. Your body, your body went through a very amazing yet traumatic experience of change. And it's a beautiful part of who you are, but it changes your why. I should say, and it changes your why. Not but it changes your why. And it changes your why. In every way. So let's go back to this topic. If I told you that middle age is 38 and a half, and starting at 38 and a half, you're in closer and closer to that end time of 77. And you're actually aging, starting in your mid to late 30s, not 50. How does that change how you live your life? How does that change your why? How does that change the decisions that you make? How does it change how you handle anger? How does it change how you treat other people? How does it change how you work out? How does it change the decisions you make? To me, it changes a lot. I just turned 42 in December. My business partner just turned 51 in December. Shh, don't tell her I said you that. I told you that. <laughs> She's going to kill me. Um, however, her and I are going to have a podcast about age, so stay tuned. Stay tuned to that one. That one's going to be a good one. But once I realized that, that I'm possibly past my halfway point, I mean, think if I think about it, 42, double that, 84, I mean, that's a good life. 92, getting into your 90s, that's 
real good. So if we start looking at our halfway point differently, it changes the bigger picture. You know, people walking around all mad because they're getting older. Aging is a privilege. And I've seen that privilege denied to many people, sadly enough. You get to be 50 years old. You get to still be working out at 50 years old. You get to feel amazing and still mow your grass at 60. You get to go out for a jog or you get to go out for a four mile walk on a Sunday morning. When you look at your life that way and you appreciate aging and you appreciate what your body is capable of and you appreciate the gift that you have and you appreciate what it can do instead of what, instead of focusing on what it can't. And you focus on how good you feel and how amazing you look. And you stop comparing it to your 18-year-old self that was pre-kids, pre-stress, pre-job. And just live in the moment of what you have right now. Man, the world's a better place. You start appreciating the people around you more. You start opening your mind to the fact that other people have the ability to teach you new things, have the ability to guide you, have the ability to influence you in, in positive ways and in positive directions. You stop with the gossiping. You stop with talking about people behind their back because it, you think it makes you feel better about yourself. It's crap. It doesn't make you feel better about yourself. In the long term, it might temporarily in the moment. But as soon as you start spreading that stuff to other people, it's like a cancer. If you want to improve your longevity, You need to have a why that aligns with it. And you need to surround yourself with the best possible people to get you there. You need to reduce the complaining. Reduce pointing fingers. Change your language. What I mean by changing your language is the words that we use matter. And I'm not talking about like, cuss words and hateful words and that kind of stuff. I'm talking about words like hope. Like one day I hope to do this. What if you changed your words to one day I'm going to do this. Instead of walking around saying I have to do blah, blah, blah. I get to do blah, blah, blah. The words you use matter. The things you say about other people matter.
having a growth mindset when it comes to your why. Growth mindset meaning not just open-minded. Growth mindset meaning you understand that you have the ability, you have the power to be influenced by other people in such a way that if you let that in and you let it happen, your life literally changes. In a growth mindset, you look at everything as an opportunity. An opportunity to grow, an opportunity to change. Change is an opportunity. Change isn't a negative. Change is an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity to be better. It's an opportunity to deepen your why for where you're heading. Change can be the opportunity to take that lifespan from 77 to 87. What could you do with 10 more years? What could you do with five more years? I mean, that's a powerful thought. When you think about increasing your lifespan, 10 years based off of just the growth mindset change, shoo. It's pretty unbelievable, isn't it? So before you jump on being angry or bitter or talking about other people or being unhappy or feeling lost, before you deep dive into that. Sit down, just you, just yourself. Sit in the moment and think about your why. Think about what you want your life to look like 10 years from now, five years from now, two months from now. What needs to happen for you to get to that point? Do you need to move? Do you need help? Do you need to hire a professional coach? Maybe you need to find a gym and an environment that helps foster that relationship with, your, with yourself. There's plenty of them out there. You just have to find the one that's best for you. Sitting in the moment for some people is really hard to do. And I'll tell you something that was said to us that made me really 
sit in the moment. When we started working with a mentor, which I highly recommend, by the way, if you've never had a mentor in your entire life, I, I recommend you get one. Whether it's a business mentor, whether it's a life mentor, whether it's a fitness mentor, whatever. Our mentor looked at us and said, I want you guys to think about something. It's not about you. And it's all your fault. Those words literally changed everything for us. And you want to talk about stop you dead in your tracks? <laughs> that one did it. It's not about you. And it's all your fault. You know, when you stop pointing fingers and you start taking responsibility, things change. When you realize that not everything is about you, that changes everything too. It's a very selfless perspective. It's changed the way we think. It's changed the way we operate. It's changed our perspective a million times over. And it has really helped us to understand our why. So take the time. Sit in the moment. Think about your why and focus on the bigger picture. Don't forget that having a growth mindset literally has the ability to change your life and open your entire world to a new realm of possibility. Until next time, I hope you all have a great week. Come see us at Ferrum, where we're building better humans. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ferrum Athletic Company podcast. If you like the show, please leave us a review, share it with your family and friends, share it on your social media platforms. Our mission is to build better humans through the education of health and movement. If this resonates with you, please shoot us an email at forged at ferrumathleticco.com. Follow us on social media. Facebook or Instagram at Ferrum Athletico, and we will see you all soon. Thank you for helping us to build better humans.